good, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek here with you. And on this week's podcast, we'll talk to the first-year coach of the Urbana girls lacrosse team, Tom DeMeo. Uh, Hawks having a very fine season so far. Uh, we, we, we do weekly power rankings here, and, and the top of the girls lacrosse scene here in the county is a bit muddled because everyone has beaten each other so far. Uh, Urbana has beaten Middletown, Middletown has beaten Ligonor, and then this week Ligonor beat Urbana. So, uh, so, so go figure that out. Um, but we'll, we'll talk to Tom about his team, it's his first year on the job. Uh, very much uh, look forward to that. Um, or looking forward to that, I should say. But the star of this podcast uh, might very well be um, the man in the studio with me right now, uh, my colleague uh, Alexander Dacey. Uh, last week we uh, had a pretty good cliffhanger going. Uh, we, we, we left everyone guessing as to what your big endeavor might be. And uh, this week, with no drum roll whatsoever, <laughs> we will reveal... Uh, well, we'll let you reveal uh, what you are doing this weekend. Yeah, so Saturday, um, the new Atlantic League team uh, that is beginning play next week. Yet, yet, yet to be named Atlantic League team. Yet to be named. We, we will know officially in June. But um, they, uh, they are having open tryouts. And when I heard that, of course, the light bulb goes off in my head. Well, wouldn't it be funny if... This former washed-up high school baseball player tried out for the Atlantic League team, and that's what I'm doing on Saturday. Okay. Lots of questions here. Yes. Uh, first of all, what are you expecting? Um, honestly, I, 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 I honestly don't really know. I think it's going to be like – because part of my brain is just like, oh, it's just going to be like any practice I had but at a slightly higher level because it's going to be – a you know, it's going to be for I, I know I know people told, said the Atlantic League is considered like double A plus. So obviously it's like a much higher level of baseball. But I can't imagine the drills are going to be like all that different. Um, but then again, there's a part of me that's like, you know, oh, well, what if it's like a bunch of really, you know, it, it, I also don't know if it's like going to be a bunch of really good guys and then me or like just a bunch of people kind of like me who are just like, Hey, why not? Because if you look at the flyer, they were like high school and college experience, a plus it's not like required or anything. Is, so. it, is this a free tryout? Or are you uh, paying money? No, I mean, well, so you do have to pay out, you have to pay a hundred dollars a tryout, but you're, 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 you're getting this expense, of course, cause you're writing a story about yes. this for the, uh, for the paper. Yes. But, um, but yeah, it was a hundred dollars a tryout. And I think, I, I don't know what the sign up is closed, but the last check, there were 25 people who had signed up out of the hundred slots. So, a, a decent, you know, a decent, um, it'll be a decent crowd. It won't be like, no, I'm not going to be totally alone on an island. But, uh, um, yeah, I, again, it's like I, I, I have, I guess those are my expectations, but I also could be surprised. We'll see. It also looks like it is going to rain towards the end of the tryout, so I don't know if they're going to, like, shorten some things to try to get it all in, but... We'll have to see. Okay. Okay. Question number two. Yes. When was the last time you played baseball? Uh, well, the last time I played in a game, and I forgive me because I do remember this date very vividly, was May twelfth, twenty eighteen. So almost five years ago to the date. Um, after that, I did I did coach uh, a team of a team of uh, eight year olds for a little bit, and then I was doing some, and I was like helping them with workouts. So I was still doing a little bit of baseball activity then, but really, it's been about almost five years since I have done any meaningful baseball work aside from the occasional 
time to go throw with a friend or, you know, hit the cages. But really, it's been about five years. Okay. With, with that being said, yeah. have you done anything to prepare for, for this tryout? Uh, are, you, are, are you going in totally cold turkey No, here? I was like, I need to prepare at least a little bit. Um so I I did a little bit of I've been doing trying to do a little bit more of like a the the stretching routine I would do when I was you know doing it every day for baseball. Um, and this past Sunday I was I was home uh, and I was like oh let me go hit the bat let me go hit the cage there's like a um, uh, there's like there's like a little uh, batting cage in our neighborhood um, with like a next to uh, like a softball field so and how rusty was the swing? The, honestly, the swing was not that bad. It. Did not take much for it to come back to me, and I was hitting the ball pretty well. Um, the the unfortunate side of it is that when you don't swing for five years and you're doing a very violent motion over and over again, can cause a little bit of stress on the back. And I did minorly throw out my back a little bit. Um, so lots of ibuprofen and uh, uh, and and icy hot. But now hold on, are we already laying? Are we are already laying down excuses uh, oh no for, for... <laughs> not not at all let, 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 let me put it this way uh several times uh ever like when i mentioned this to josh and andy um andy shots our and, editor our managing editor yeah right. uh that i was doing this they were like great what happens if you make the team and my my answer to them was i have not considered that as an option yeah well we're, 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 we're gonna get to, you're, you're you're jumping ahead we're, we're, we're gonna get to that question yeah but, um, but like they uh but so honestly, it's not even an excuse. Like, hey, if my I, I'm I am going to take some more preventative, uh, preventative ibuprofen, uh, you know, and and stuff before then. Okay, so, so so the swing, was... the swing looked good. Okay, it looked right. good. We'll have to see how it is against live pitching. How, but... how did the arm feel after throwing? Um, yeah. So then I got back out. I guess I, this is today's Thursday we're recording this. So I got back out. My dad came up and I and and I threw with him. And the arm, honestly, the arm felt good, and I was throwing well. I again, the the accuracy, you know, takes a little bit to get back, but I was throwing hard and throwing long. Um, fielding was kind of meh. Um, you know. I was still tracking fly balls well. Grounders were a little more hit or miss, but um, you know, I I, I, th- I think some of that just comes you know comes with uh just comes with the reps and um, also not being on a uh, being on like an actually nice field and not like just a just a you know dirt diamond we found <laughs> we found we just found nearby. But uh, um, yeah, I, I I think it I think it'll be interesting. The one thing I'm I just I said I wasn't gonna do which is unfortunate but probably for the best is pitch because I have not pitched and also not pitched in five years and I don't think going into a tryout pitching without having pitched in five years is a good idea for my arm um like the other stuff I can I can sort of work back into at a decent you know at a decent pace but actually working back up to like my pitching form would have take I would have had to probably start working out months ago to get to that and I figure it's probably just better to not even try. Okay, so. you, you, you're, you're a sports writer. You watch baseball for a living. Yeah. Uh, when you played baseball, mm-hmm. when you last played baseball, high school baseball, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Yes. Uh, uh, for um, uh, was it? Well, where, well, wait, why am I forgetting where? <laughs> where was the high school, school Montgomery yeah. Blair? Mont- Montgomery Blair. Yeah. When, when, when you played for Blair, how would you assess your baseball abilities? Um. So. 
fielding was always my weak, the weakest part of my game, which is why I was mostly a first baseman. <laughs> um, also because I'm tall. But uh, right, you, you, balls aren't going to sail over your head necessarily. Yeah, or so not, I, not as easily. So fielding was fielding was fielding is definitely my my weakest suit, and I, I don't I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's really anybody, you know, anybody who played with me will probably tell you, like, I was never the best fielder, but I, you know, I, I know that. And that's why I played first base. Um, pitching, I was a I was a solid pitcher in terms of like I never threw hard, but I pitched a contact uh, and I was good at locating. Um, so and I and I and I, I got a lot of kind of quick ground ball outs or weak kind of weak fly outs. So, um, you know, I was I was more of like a. I, I, I wasn't like a, like a power pitcher or someone who, you know, overpowered you. But if you needed me to come in and just get a quick, you know, get a quick couple of outs by just kind of throwing. So low, you were you were the solid middle reliever. Basically, yeah. And then and then hitting, uh, I, I think hitting is probably honestly my strongest area. It was the area I worked on the most. I definitely remember. Um, I mean, I had a both a pitching coach and a hitting coach, but I feel like hitting was the one I took. I don't want to say I took the most seriously, but I felt I maybe I had the biggest improvement because um. Uh, I've always had a really good eye. Like I would work count super deep, um, but I, I, I hit the ball really hard. Um, you know, lots of solid line drives, not a ton of power, but very good at like, you know, working the count. You know, kind of reading reading pitches, staying staying in it. And when I make contact, it's pretty much always going to be hard contact. You know, usually usually a line drive. Um, Again, whether whether that gets fielded or not is not up to me. But uh, you know, so I was always somebody who had a never a crazy high average, but very very good OBP. Like my, I think my OBP in high school was close to five hundred. Like I again, I, I walked a lot. Um, you know, always find a way to get on base. So, um, on a bunting, that was the other thing. I was always a really good bunter. So if I if there's one thing, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that they they want they they want me for. On Saturday, they'll be like, "Oh, this kid, this kid can bunt." <laughs> so you're, you're you're the sacrificial lamb. You're you're you're, you're Mr. Sack. Yes, there yeah. were multiple times in high school where I was a pinch hitter off the bench exclusively to bunt because I was the I was the best bunter on the team. <laughs> well, it, it, it's good to be good at something. So, all right. So, what is the fear factor, if any, going into this thing? Are, are you more leaning toward I'm going to fall flat on my face? Or are you more leaning toward I can really actually perform well in this thing? Um. I, I don't I don't really have much fear per se. I guess I guess the I guess the thing I would have the biggest fear of is reaggravate reaggravating my back. Well, hold on here. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking video of you uh, doing this and pictures of you doing this, right? Yeah. So this is gonna be this is gonna be on the interweb. You. Realize I think it's that. gonna be hilarious. Whatever the result is, honestly, I'm I'm just gonna have so much fun with it. So like, I I hey, I if I fall on my face, it's funny. <laughs> and like I'm again, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking myself too seriously here. So um, I mean, I'm taking the tryout seriously, obviously. But for myself, I'm not like I'm just gonna have fun with it, you know. Um, so I, 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 if I fall on my face, hey, more better content, I guess. Um, but no, I don't. I'm not really, you know, worried or. Um, yeah. You know, again, the only thing, I, the only thing that's a slight back in my mind is making sure I don't, you know, I don't injure myself. <laughs> right. And and you teased the question already. Have you considered the possibility that you actually might make the team? <laughs> um, like I said before, it had not crossed my mind. I was like, I was like, I'm doing this for a story and for fun. Um, Could we be looking for a new 
sports writer uh, uh, next week and or, pod, and or the, opening segment podcast. I think the uh, chances person. of that happening are pretty low. Um, but if I do make the team and someone wanted to bet on that, they would probably make make good money. <laughs> yeah, um, you're probably you're, you're probably a long shot. I'm a, I'm a long shot, and uh, I will I will say the manager does know because uh, I was reaching weird because the, the keys are having or not the keys the um the Atlantic League team's having a media day uh, tomorrow Friday, and so I reached out about something else and let them know I was doing this, and the, the manager apparently is very excited that I am doing this, so he does know. So I don't know if that's going to factor into the decision at all. But uh, well, well, here's um, the question: Would you yeah. make more doing this job or playing for the Atlantic League? Well, team? that's a great question because I actually have not looked up what an Atlantic League salary is. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not high. It can't considering be high. it's semi-pro, I can't imagine it's very high. Um, not that I not that I get paid much being a sports writer. But... <laughs> well, that, that's why that's that's why I asked. Um, yeah, like, what, yeah what, we'll what, see. What would be the more lucrative career path for you, Atlantic League baseball or sports writing at the FNP? Um, How about both? Right, right. Well, well, sports well, sports writer by day, uh, baseball, right? Star question mark by night. No, I can't cover that game today because I'm actually playing for for the Frederick Atlantic right. League team. So, oh you oh you need me to, you need me to cover this uh this this uh, CMC championship lacrosse game. Sorry, I'm in North Carolina with the Atlantic League team. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> having yeah. to having to 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 stri- strike out strike out this former major leaguer. <laughs> right. Well, you've been here a year now, so yeah. so you got your year in it as a sports writer here, and and now you're gonna uh your your baseball your pro baseball career or, or semi-pro baseball career is uh, uh is, is about to blossom for here. one for one day only <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see so there will be video of this you will be writing a story about this so there will be plenty of content about this and of course next week we'll be uh, probably talking all about this and how, how it went whether you're still in one piece and and uh, injured or not so <laughs> so th- th- this is great uh, this is great content for us here that, that, that you're doing this no matter no matter which way it goes whether it goes spectacularly well or whether it goes spectac- spectacularly bad so e- e- either way it's a win-win here so and after that, what left is there to to talk about, really? So, <laughs> power rankings. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's probably not a lot there's of sh- not, sh- not a lot of shifting in no. the power rankings. The only really interesting thing is what do you do at the top of the girls' uh, <clears throat> lacrosse uh, uh, heap here with uh, Ligonor? Uh, we'll we'll ask uh, we'll ask Tom DeMeo in just a minute. Like, who's who's the best team in the county? Ligonor, uh, uh, Middletown, or Urbana? So so not a lot of uh, power ranking. Uh, probably changes uh, this week um alexander and i did uh, go to the uh, uh, nats guardians game last saturday we we, we timed it perfectly because shortly after walking in the gate and shortly after getting under some degree of cover <laughs> on the concourse the, the 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 skies opened um and we and we basically watched everyone get rained on uh for for the close to two hours that the game was delayed but um uh, it was a fun time. Uh, I'm normally the kiss of death for for my guardians, but but they actually won this game after falling into an early three nothing deficit. Um, the the Nats obliged us by by uh, pitching to Jose Ramirez uh, and, he, and he homered. Um, uh, so 
it was a fun game for me. I, I we had a good time. Yeah, no, it, it it was it was fun. And you said you you were normally the kiss of death for for the Guardians. I uh, I think I'm becoming. Well, I don't know if I can say I'm becoming the Nats kiss of death because I think a lot of people are the Nats kiss of death at this point. But uh, I was I, I was telling you at the game there was a about a four or five year stretch where I was only seeing Nats wins. Um, but that uh, that is. Karma is coming back around. That has since friend. since been ended, and I think I think in the last like year and a half to two years, I think I've only seen one or two wins and way more losses. Well, perform well in your trial, and the Nats might be looking to sign you. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, coming up, so you might you might be going from watching them and cheering for them to playing for them. Right? Uh, you, you never know. <clears throat> so, all right, sir, it should be fun. We'll we'll talk about it a lot more next week. But let's let's get Tom DeMeo in here. Uh, should be a fun chat. So when we come back. We'll talk to Urbana Girls Lacrosse coach uh, Tom DeMeo. Stay with us here on The Final Score. All right, let's welcome to the program the head coach of the Urbana Girls Lacrosse team, Tom DeMeo. Tom, uh, we've been talking about this for about a week. Glad we were able to, to make this happen. But but you are no stranger to podcasts, sir. You, you've been on before. Tell, tell us about your previous podcasting no, experience. Yeah, so so I, I did a stand out in California for about nine years where I was a head coach of a, a school out there called Santa Fe Christian. And San Diego Prep Insider, uh, we did a podcast for a couple seasons a video podcast actually uh and we talked about you know my team we talked about all the teams in the league we talked about the girls programs as well uh as well as boys so it, it was fun and a lot of people uh kept in touch with me by watching that podcast online and and uh and hearing about the san diego lacrosse circuit uh, are you from california or? i am from boston actually you're from boston yes so how'd you wind up all the way across the country in california that was my job uh you know my, my my work moved me out there and uh i was coaching in boston when i when i left and uh decided to get back into coaching once i moved to california with and, my family and what do you do can you tell us or yeah or? I'm, in, I'm in the power plant business okay uh, so i you know i work uh yeah you know, i have a full-time job doing that and then coaching sort of is my hobby yeah right <laughs> Um, I'm, well, I'm listening to you talk now, and I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Bob Boston. It accent. comes out sometimes. So, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you're a big uh, Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox fan? Or? Yes, yes. All the Boston sports are a big deal to me and, and my family. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a diehard for all four sports. I've been to 10, 10 Super Bowls myself for the Patriots. And uh, so no, seen, no, no, no kidding. I've wow. actually been to those games. Yeah. So uh, wow. So well, I'm well, a pretty big fan. <laughs> where, where, where was the coolest Super Bowl you attended? I'd say the Houston was it was the one when they came back against Atlanta. Uh, it was a pretty amazing day, and, and you know it was a pretty improbable comeback. And um, if you know, being transparent, I was at the first Super Bowl when the Patriots beat the Rams, and I decided to start get back into coaching after that because it was such an amazing sporting event and you know the the, the Patriots staff did such a great job it just brought me back to you know I, I became a head coach a year later well we're, we're going to talk about lacrosse yeah. but, but this opens up a whole new line of questioning here uh, first of all let, let, let's start with Atlanta in 28 to 3 did you think the game was over at that point or what were you thinking watching that I, I, I spent all this money to come to the Super Bowl and, yeah. and, and we're getting trounced we're, we're, get, we're getting trounced I, I, I was checking into my flight uh, at halftime uh, you know and not to say I you know thought there was no chance that they'd win but mentally it was it's pretty hard as a fan 
to come out, you know, and like you said, you pour so much into those trips and it, as a fan to have it such, such be at such a lopsided game was uh, was frustrating, but also knowing you had Tom Brady at quarterback and that, you know, they, they could string something together. They just need a couple breaks and they got some breaks. Uh, did, did you, were, were you cursing yourself? Did you still think the trip was worthwhile or were you saying, well, I spent all this money. I can't believe I, I did this and, and we're going to lose the game. Yeah. Well, uh, no, not really. I mean, it, you know, like anything, it, it was probably at the time was my eighth or ninth Super Bowl we attended. You, you win some, you lose some, you, you always want to win them, but you know, to lose them in that fashion was just, a, it would have been a tough, tough, uh, tough, tough, tough ride home. Let's put it that way. <laughs> when did you start to feel the momentum turning and when, when did you start to hope again? Um, it... Well, you, you know, when, when you do the math, you, you saw that they, they, they scored three touchdowns and got the two point conversions. They could come back with just three scores with, you know, in the fourth quarter, which, you know, I think as a Patriots fan, we had seen Brady do stuff like that his whole career. So you just hoped all along it was like, we think we can score, but will we convert those two-point conversions? And that's really where that was a really you were waiting the past the last 14 minutes to see what happens with those conversions. And how did you react when James White scored and, and, and you guys you guys went ahead? Uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, we tackled each other. We, we threw each other around you, or you, you were there with who I was there with my two brothers Okay, and, and, uh, my best friend, uh, my cousin actually, but, uh, who, who's, uh, his godson is my godson is his son. So, uh, we've been, that's who I usually go to those games with. Uh, sometimes I have taken one of my sons before, but, uh, that's the thing we did when the Patriots were going to Super Bowls. But, yeah, so we were pretty excited about it. Uh, a couple friends I went to high school with were sitting with us as well in that same area. So they were they were tackling each other on the field, and you guys were tackling each other in yeah, the Absolutely, stands. absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah, it was a pretty amazing finish, the overtime James White touchdown right. thing. Uh, Tom Brady, was it treasonous for him to go to Tampa Bay? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't think anyone's too upset. He gave us a great 20 years, and uh, – you know, I think it was one of those things where people were more just in favor of Brady being happy. I mean, it, we couldn't ask for anything more than, than what number 12 gave gave to us as Patriots fans. Right. I mean, it was such a weird ending to his career there, though. I mean, his, la was. his last pass as a Patriot was, was a pick six, of course, against uh, Tennessee in, in that playoff. Loss, it it, it so. was. And, and you know, it would have been nice if he if he rolled out as a, as a Super Bowl champion. But, um, you know, when he went to Tampa, believe it or not, there were a big contingent of fans that were rooting for him down there, uh, you know, just because everything he did for the whole region. I, I mean, you're a coach, so you have an eye for talent. So when so when Drew Bledsoe gets hurt back in uh, 2001 <laughs> and, and this sixth-round pick named Brady comes in, uh, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's, it's a great question because I was a huge Bledsoe fan. Uh, you know, I, I actually got my season tickets when Bledsoe – they drafted Bledsoe. Okay. Uh, I've met Drew Bledsoe a bunch of times. I'm actually I'm friendly with him. Uh, I wasn't back then, but so I was a huge Bledsoe fan. And when he went down and then he came back, I thought he should replace Brady at the time. And I think I think a lot of people were mixed on it. But I do remember sitting at the game when Brady came in, and my buddy, who was a Division One football player, said he really liked the way that the nose of the ball when Brady throws it and he throws a good deep ball and he was now breaking it all down and so he ended up being pretty damn right <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'll say um, Boston fans they sort of have a or they had a reputation of being a whiny sports fan I mean the Red Sox hadn't won since nine, the early 1900s uh, the Bruins went through a drought the Celtics in the mid 80s uh, Really, really hadn't won much until uh, 2007. 
Um, the, the, the Patriots had, had never won a Super Bowl prior to Brady. So have, were, were you a whiny Boston sports fan? Yeah. And, and have you guys lost this now that you've had a huge run of success yeah. uh, since the year 2000, basically? Yeah, growing up, I mean, that's there was the fabric of being a Boston sports fan, fan was growing up was just – you know, a, a lot of losses, a lot of misery, a lot of, you know, expectations you were going to lose. And as I've become a coach, you realize how that stuff can can impact your, your psyche even as an, for an athlete. So um, we, we grew up with a lot of just whatever could go wrong was going to go wrong. The Patriots were bad. Uh, we still supported them, though. Like, you know, the Red Sox would always find a way to lose, but, you know, people would still show up to the games and, and – um, it was just a, it, it was such a great experience when we started winning. I think it made it all the better. And, uh, and it, it was just so, it, you know, like my kids, my own sons and daughters, they don't remember what it was like to, to lose every game. And it's like, how come we're not in the Super Bowl again? How come we're not winning championships? But, right. you know, it's I different. Mean, your, your, your childhood was, was much different. You're like, will it ever happen for us? And your and your kids are probably like, man, when, when when's the party gonna when's the party gonna stop? Probably that's so, exactly what it's like, right? So, so I imagine Brady's your favorite Patriot of all time. Um, who's your favorite Red Sox of all time? Uh, I I'm a Kyle Yastrzemski guy. Okay, you know, I go back a little bit. Uh, right. Yeah, Yaz was big when I was young. I was there when he hit his 400th home run. I was at Fenway Park. Um, so I always like, yeah, there's so many great ones. I mean, you know, I love David Ortiz and I love Pedro and, you know, Roger Clemens. I liked him when he was a Red Sox. But, um, you know, I'd say going you know, way back, my original one I really loved was, uh, was yes. Uh, Celtics have to be Larry Bird, right? Yeah, Larry's the man. Right. <laughs> everyone, and, every, everyone loves them. And who's your favorite Bruin? I mean, here the Bruins are. I mean, the, Celt the Celtics lo are looking good. I mean, and they have a 2-0 lead, and, and they're the number two seed in the East. The Bruins were the President's Cup champions, best record in the NHL this season. Stanley Cup favorites, even though they lost uh, uh, the other night to Florida, and that first-round series is one-to-one. -one. But um, who's your favorite Bruin? Yeah, so over time, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Bruins. I was listening to WEI on my way over here, and, they, you know, Boston is pretty unhappy with that performance last night. So Right. <laughs> It's uh, it, it almost brings you back to, you know, the the, the misery of when we used to lose. But but are you um, a, are you a Ray Bork guy? Or? Yeah, Ray, I was gonna, you know, you picked that. So I, I I played hockey myself growing up in Boston and and uh, even in college a bit. So Ray, I was a defenseman. So Ray Bork was always my idol as far as the way he played the game, the way he carried himself off the ice, the way he carried himself when you know he got, he got traded and won a championship in Colorado. So yeah, Bork's an all time favorite. Right. Uh, you're a fan of so many sports, Tom, but how did lacrosse become such a fabric of your sports life and your sports family? I mean, you have six kids and they're all they're all uh, lacrosse players, too. So so when did you get bit by the lacrosse bug? Yeah, you know, it, growing up in the neighborhood I lived in, it just it was a, it was a pretty popular sport. And, and back then we didn't have like a lot of club lacrosse. But, you know, I grew up in a, in a town called Newton, Mass., uh, which, you know, I played at a high school called Newton North. And they were, at the time, there was, you know, four, five, six programs in Massachusetts that were considered, you know, decent programs, probably not like Maryland and, and like Long Island. But, you know, they, it was really, really to the just a few towns. And uh, we had a great youth program. I started playing in seventh grade. Uh, I quit baseball. Baseball was my first sport, my first love. And, you know, once I picked up a lacrosse stick, I just, you know, in seventh or eighth grade, I still remember sitting in, 
my my mother's kitchen and she's like you got to make a choice and it, uh, what are you going to do this this spring and it was uh it, it wasn't even hard to make that choice what, what, what was the dream growing up uh, you were going to play baseball or what, 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 what as a little kid when you were dreaming about playing pro sports and hitting that game winning shot or scoring that game winning goal what, 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 what sport was it it was always hockey Hockey. Yeah, okay. it was always hockey. It was, uh, you know, that was my first sport I started playing when I was probably four years old. You know, that's we spent eight months of the year playing it. Um, you know, I played other sports, football, basketball, but hockey was always my first love, believe it or not, which is kind of funny that lacrosse has become such a big part of my life. Did you dream of scoring the game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup Finals? But, but you, were, you were a defenseman, so... so, so yeah, you, I still, you still dream of it. Maybe, maybe getting in a fight or something like that on the ice in the NHL. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> maybe a long shot from the, from the point or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah someone yeah. tips it. <laughs> right. Did, did you fight as a hockey player? No, I mean, I put like in college hockey, there really isn't a lot of fighting, but there was... Uh, I, I think I did graduate leading the, the team in penalty minutes. So. Uh, you did. You, you did. Yeah. Were, were they all just penalty minutes, or uh, or was was the ref? Uh, um, yeah, they usually they usually pretty just. Uh, okay. Yeah. Were, were you a goon, Tom? Uh, did the coach say, "Hey, Demeo, get out there and, and mark the other players' best play. get over there"? And yeah, defend I, the- I wouldn't. I mean, I you know I. Uh, I, I also was the leading defensive scorer too, so I could score. I wouldn't consider okay. myself a goon, but uh, okay. well, but, but 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 you know, I think um, certainly I enjoyed the physicality of hockey, and did. that and yeah. that that led me into lacrosse as well. Growing up, because when I had to choose between baseball and you know baseball and lacrosse, and hockey was my first love. Lacrosse was just a, a seamless transition. Yeah, I was that was going to be one of my questions because the, there seemed to be a lot of similarities between hockey and lacrosse, right? There is, there is, and you know the first high school pro program I coached at, uh, head coached at, we actually was a really good hockey town. It was called Norwood, Mass, and I I had I mean eighty percent of my team were hockey players, and it was a new program. It was a first year varsity team. Uh, the first year we went 0 and 16. We took our lumps, and a year later we were in the state, in the champion. You know, we were playing in states and and became a winning program. And it was based on turning hockey players into lacrosse players. So uh, it's something I know something about. It's, it's a little bit I, I know a little bit about doing that. Uh, it transitions well in girls too. Girls who, you know, when you look at the the Under Armour games and the All American teams, a lot of those girls those that are going to high college programs are hockey players believe it or not and so um it's a good it is a seamless transition for the two sports is, is, is lacrosse a big deal up in massachusetts in the northeast or it, it's pretty big i mean it doesn't have i don't think it has the the, the tradition that they have in in, in here in maryland and in, in long island but you know some of the some of the top girls and boys programs up there are, are you know top in the country especially in the new england area and like the connecticut area yeah cause when you think college lacrosse you think of syracuse of course you think of a, a lot of the maryland schools hopkins Maryland, Towson. Yep. Um, uh, but but Harvard, Harvard's uh, done well in recent years, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Boston University actually right. uh, added a program, and they're, they're, they're a top 20 team now, I believe. And Harvard made the tournament last year. Uh, Providence just got Bobby Benson, who was the Hopkins assistant for a long time. So Providence is up and coming. Um, J.L. Reppert, who was at Navy in, in Maryland, uh, is up at Holy Cross. Yeah. So, yeah. Was... It's, it's bigger than you think. Because yeah. when you think lacrosse, you think of the Mid-Atlantic and, and, and Maryland and, and, and this region. Uh, but, 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 yeah, I mean, in, in the Northeast, there's a surprising number of, of, of top-notch programs. Uh, l- l- let's trace your journey a little bit. So, so you grew up in, um, in Boston. Yep. Uh, you, you transitioned to lacrosse. Uh, and then when did you realize you wanted to be a coach? 
Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I believe I was coaching a mite hockey team when I was 14 years old. So me and my friend. Uh, and so I think I always wanted to coach. I never knew it would come like such a big part of my life and, and how much I would enjoy it. But uh, when I graduated college, the first gig I picked up was coaching with my former high school. And, and I jumped on with them late in the playoffs. And I, you know, I was just learning from my old coach. who was a great coach, Bussy Adam. And, you know, so I got to go on a state championship run with those. I had two younger brothers on the team. And then I came back and I coached them the following year as an assistant. So that's really what, where, what, when I had that experience uh, of them winning a state championship and me being, you know, sort of a volunteer assistant, I, I really decided I wanted to do this at some point in my life. Um, and then, you know, a, a head coaching job came up at Northeastern University and I uh, and I applied for it. And that was my first real coaching a, job at Northeastern. Wow. Yes. So were, were you ready for that opportunity? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, I actually at the time I had my, my brother was my younger brother was a freshman there. He had committed to go there and uh, they were they were still in a club status at the time. And so I was I was probably still learning when I had that job. And, you know, I, I did that and, you know, for f maybe four or five years until I had my first kid. And then I kind of jumped out of coaching for a while. But, you know, I learned a lot coaching the college ranks, um, you know, that I had to improvise from what I learned just in high school and, and, and in my college time into the coaching side of things. Right. I mean, sports seems such a huge part of your life. I mean, does coaching, was that a way since you weren't going to be able to play? Every, everyone's playing career has a shelf life, obviously. Was, was coaching the way that you were going to stay in the game, sort of? Yeah, I mean, I, it just, it, for me, it always, it just fueled that, you know, I grew up, like you said, playing so many sports and it fueled that competitive fire in me when, when, and when I first started coaching, that's why I was doing it. And then, you know, later on when I took over a high school program and I was in charge of these kids and th I realized the difference between coaching high school and coaching college was just drastically different and the kids were so engaged and I realized the impact you could have on their lives. And it was it's just amazing. And, you know, my experience in my first high school job was an amazing one. And I decided at that point I was going to make it a part of my life and, you know, try to do my best to impact these kids off the field as well as on the field. How good were your teams at Northeastern? Uh, we, we, we made the playoffs. You know, we would play at the time, like b before BU had a Division One program, we would play them. My goal at the time was to take them to be a Division One program. Uh, and it just we just didn't have the field space and the commitment and the money. Uh, that's really why I, I jumped on. But um, we, we were good. I mean, we probably each year would go, uh, you know, but we'd probably go about 500 plus and make the playoffs and lose in the first or second round. Uh, we never won a championship there. And from Northeastern, you went where? Uh, from Northeastern, I took a few years off uh, when, to, to, to raise your family, raise my family. Uh, then I started coaching hockey when my son, my oldest son, Anthony, was probably five years old. I started coaching hockey. And, you know, you do that as a dad coach. It's not really the same. Uh, and then I and were, were you still living up in I uh, still live up in Boston. OK. Yeah. yeah. OK. And so then we were living in a town uh, called Norwood, Norwood, Mass. And they had a JV program there that uh, was a first-year program, and they had some kids that played youth lacrosse. And my friend, who I played with in college and high school, was the JV coach there. And he left to go to California, which is kind of ironic. Um, and he told me I should apply for the job and be the first-year, first-ever program coach there. Uh, and I did it. And, and it was really an amazing experience and decision I made. Even though, you know, I tell this story all the time, we, 
We went 0-16 the first year. We lost every single game. We played in a great league, the Bay State League. I'm oh, in Massachusetts. Was that the worst year ever, not winning a game? Oh, for me, certainly, yes. Yeah. You know, I was coming out of a career that, you know, I had, you know, we were competing in state championships through high school and right. then, you know, then as a coach. And then you take over this program in the same league as this team that I played in, played with in high school and uh, playing against my old coach and my old friends. And, um, and yeah, we took a lick in the first year, but the, like I said, the next year we were the, we were the first year in Massachusetts, first time in Massachusetts history, a team had, had went from winless to making the tournament, which is 500 plus. I mean, how good was that feeling? It was great. And, and it was, it was something that those players today that I'm still in contact with, I don't know, 15, 20 years later that those players still always remember those seasons and how it was almost like the, you know, the Boston sports conversation we had, we went from it being as bad as it could ever be to making the tournament and eventually competing in the tournament and going pretty deep into it for the next couple of years and being a top, top ranked team in the, in the state. Right. So how'd you wind up in uh, California then? I mean, cause that was, that was a huge jump for you. Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, we had, um, the friend I mentioned earlier, uh, that, that, that uh, I go to Super Bowls with, he he was living out there at the time. And so we used to go out, my, my wife and I would go out and visit him with the kids in the summers. And we really enjoyed it out there. And so my company had a position that was open in Southern California and they offered to move me out there and my family. And we decided to do it. It was a pretty big jump, you know, guy from Boston moving out to California. But San Diego, you know, is an amazing place. Oh, yeah. and, and it's hard to say no to that. And so we, we, t we, we took a chance. And one of my biggest concerns going out there was probably how good is the lacrosse going to be? Because I have six kids who are, you know, some playing, some future going to play. Um, you know, can we go to California and sustain their dream, which, you know, at the time, you know, my sons were probably leading up to middle school. Their dream was to play high-level Division One lacrosse. And could we do that from California? And uh, we found a way to navigate it. And it was an amazing experience out there, out there for nine years. And, um, you know, my, my, my two oldest went off to play Division One lacrosse from um, from you know, going to California high schools and public schools. And so it was, it was really amazing experience. Well, as a Northeast kid, what did what, you think of California and sort of laid back California? Are, are those just stereotypes or was it a huge culture change for you? It, it was a culture change and, and not even, I mean, that was probably the toughest part for me, probably not for my kids. So my kids, you know, my kids, at least my older kids, they can, they were sort of considered raised in Boston because they were already, they were already established in their sports when they moved. Um, for me, I, I enjoyed even from a work aspect, uh, you know, learning new cultures out there and in different ways that people look at things and see things. Lacrosse wise, um, a lot of the people coaching out there from the East Coast. So it's really is a whole group of guys out there coaching from the Boston area, uh, this area, uh, Long Island area that that move out, migrate out there and start coaching. Yeah, it's a and great so, place to live, obviously. Yeah, so I mean, you you when you're in the coaching circuit, most of the guys out there, East Coast guys, and you're kind of familiar with them. Some of the California guys maybe not have the same experience that we all had, but there was some, there's some surprisingly some really good coaches out there. Some of, there's some California guys that I think are some, some phenomenal high school coaches out there. And, and for you to be out there for nine years, the lacrosse had to be decent, right? Yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was solid. I mean, they, they go through ups and downs just like any public school programs out, out here. It's not as much, you know, they don't have like the MIA private 
circuit that's higher level than everyone else. Uh, the publics and privates are sort of mixed up, and it's all you know who your coach is and what players decide to go to your school. But uh, my my son, my sons and daughters played in a, a place called Coronado, which is a, is a Navy town, and so we had a lot of families living there whose kids were from this area actually and their dads had attended the naval academy so um there's a lot of different dynamics out there that was really fascinating so now we're in maryland now how'd you wind up uh, here from san diego yeah well again my my company offered me to offer to move me back uh, to the east coast if i wished um and they had a position it just so happened it, it ended up being in maryland um, they, you know, I think they all along thought I'd want to go back to Boston at some point, but, um, you know, I had at the time I had two sons attending university of Maryland and playing lacrosse there. So, oh, so uh, you were in California and your sons were at Maryland. Yes. So, correct. So they, they had already beaten you across the country. Yes. Yes. We were meeting them out here. They, we, we, I think one son was probably already here for three years and the other one was here for probably at least a year, uh, before we move actually physically moved here. And so, um, yeah, and, and we, we moved in Urbana. I had a daughter that played in Urbana at Urbana High as a senior, and she, uh, she didn't get to play because of COVID. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of where my experience with the Urbana program started. Okay. Is, is it tough dragging your family across the, across the country with these moves? Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, we, it's exciting, actually. I think we, you know, we, it, it, it's tough. The kids maybe at times thought it might be tough changing over friends and, you know, do, doing new things. But um, I think it's been great for them. I think as they get older, they've admitted that the moving was was great. Yeah. And that it, it made them stronger. And uh, they had to learn how to adapt in different situations and on different teams and different clubs and different, you know, uh, you know, lacrosse programs and high schools. And, um, you know, they, they've been so resilient, so amazing in doing that. I mean, I'm blessed. Did you grow up in a big family, Tom? I grew up with uh, two two brothers and, a, and an older sister. So, okay. so four. Were you the youngest, or were, were I had an older sister, myself, and then two younger brothers. Okay, and were you and your brothers? I imagine super competitive with each other. Yeah, I would say more of those two than me because it was an age difference. Okay, um, I was more their, you know, coach, I guess, or right, right. their supporter, and okay. you know, uh, and, but they 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 were a year apart. Uh, where, where I was, I think I was four years apart with them, and okay. I was closer to my sister. So, so you could beat them up. So they 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 couldn't they couldn't give you a hard time because you, you absolutely you, 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 could just, you, could just, you could just beat your brothers up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, how'd you meet your wife? Uh so we met uh, down Cape Cod. Okay. Um. She went to the rival high school of mine. We never met until uh, we met at the beach down Cape Cod when we when we had both graduated college. Um, she went to Northeastern, actually. And so uh, we had met down there, and she actually played lacrosse at Waltham High, which is was our rival for football. And she cheerleaded at Waltham High, which was our football rival. So um, it was sort of funny that, you know, I go back and look at, like, old VHS tapes of our football games where I'm playing in it. Wait, wait, do you have a VHS player that still works? I don't, know. Uh, I, I, I was going to say, yeah. I, They did not make it through probably the last move, uh, right? Probably not, right? I held on to one for a long time, though. Yeah, but right. uh, it, it, So one did make it to California and never made it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you go to the old VHS, VHS tapes, I'm, you know, I'm playing football in our rival football game, and she's cheerleading for my rival, so it's, it's just pretty funny. Was that hard to reconcile that, that, she, that she went to the rival high school and uh, was – uh, basically it, competing against your school they weren't too good at lacrosse okay so i think they, so the, the, it has uh 
the argument has sort of uh, disappeared over the years. Okay. But, and, and did you and your wife did you did you set out to have a big family right away? Uh, I think so. I you know we we never really talked about it, but we did have four kids. I mean, I think we had four kids when. We were under 30 years old. Wow. So, you know, we were right out of the box. Were times tough? I mean, was money tight for a while there? Yeah, I mean, like anything at that age, it's, it's you know, you're learning. You know, and, you know, I look at the even the kids I've coached over the years at that age, and I advise them, and we talk about it, and, you know, we talk about when to get into coaching and when not to. And so at that time, you know, I was – I was just starting to get back into coaching and I had a bunch of little kids running around and, uh, but we was in the town we lived in. So I, I really felt like it was going to be impactful for my own kids right. uh, someday just to see me leading a group of high school kids. And um, so yeah, it was tough. It, it, it had its moments, but um, you know, then we did make the decision a couple of years later to, to have uh, two more, two more kids. And at that time, we talked about the money aspect. And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget the conversation. I just said, if the reason why we're not having more kids is because of money, like, we'll figure that out. You know, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll, we find, have, we'll find a way to make, we'll, make more yeah, money. I mean, that, yeah. It shouldn't be because of that. If it's about, hey, well, you know, we don't go through pregnancies again or we just can't, you know, we can't manage it. We're not going to raise them right. Um, we can't control them. But, I mean, my my four kids that came out were amazing. They slept through the night. They were good kids. Oh, man. You, you know, yeah. I mean, so we, we just had, had a really great experience with, with the, the first bunch that, you know, a, a couple years later as – I started to see my high school players graduating and see the parents, how, how sort of emotionally emotional that was for them because, yeah. you know, their kids are going off to college. They don't have another kid playing anymore. And that part of their life's over. And it just got us thinking, like, do we, why would we want to end it? You know, we're, we're going to be young when our kids are graduating high school. Why wouldn't we have more? I mean, we're still young, and uh, that was the choice we made. And it was, you know, obviously, it was just a great decision, and we're blessed by it. All, all your kids athletes? Yes. Yeah, they all they all play lacrosse. They, they, they all play were, multiple sports. Yeah. Multiple, <laughs> multiple sports. Um, now, your your oldest son is is, is who? So my oldest son is is Anthony. Okay, um, and he's a, he's a, he's a national champion. I mean, you might have seen him on TV you know, playing for the University of Maryland and, yep. and winning national titles. What what was that experience like going through two national championship seasons with him? It, it was amazing, and you know we we never we never grew up being a Maryland lacrosse fan or you know like the college teams we we followed were usually different programs because they played maybe more of an exciting style of lacrosse. I think Duke was probably a school that we look, my son really looked at growing up. And, but once we got the opportunity to step on campus at, at Maryland and, and coach Tillman and, you know, at the time coach Repert and Conry, and it just, that was 2017. And that was the year they won the first championship. So right off the bat, we're spoiled. Right. And, and he redshirted that year and he played behind, you know, Rambo and Heacock and so many great, professional players now and um, getting to know all those families and how dedicated they they are to the game and how great a people they were was just amazing and then the, the next bunch of years um, it seems like you know maybe five or six years uh, between COVID and everything else were just a great experience and um, you know he had some doubts about coming back for his COVID year the final year uh, we knew the team was going to be great and and he just you know putting in that extra year at the age he was at and um, you know, he really wanted to win another national championship while he wasn't redshirting. And it was just a, you know, a great decision for him and, and, you know, worked out great. He had a great end of his career. He had a bunch of hat tricks in the playoff games and, 
maybe know, four or five points in the in the championship game itself. So it was an amazing ending to to what was a great career for him. How stressful were those games for you and your wife? I mean, you got the outcome you wanted, obviously, but yes. were they nerve wracking experiences leading up to the great outcome? They, they were. I mean, I, you know, it, it, I mean, it it probably has calmed me down as a coach. You know, watching that team play with knowing what their goal was and knowing as a coach how hard of, of that is t- those goals are to obtain. And, and, I mean, and, the, and the stakes of the games, obviously, can be Anything higher, can happen. Right? I mean, you know, against Virginia, the, the, the ball hits the post and it doesn't go in. They call it a goal and you lose in overtime. And, you know, that was 2019 or 20 maybe. And so, so many things can happen regardless of how good your team is. And, you know, it's something you, you – you learn, you learn while you're coaching and while you're watching sports or while growing up and how hard it is to win a championship. Right. It's, it's not easy. And so the fact that was those guys, you know, put it together and did it was, was amazing. To answer your question, the stress was, was a lot. And, I, you know, I think it has calmed me down because if there's anything I ever wanted more for, the, for those kids is for them to win a, win a national championship. Right. Lacrosse is a bit of a quirky game, isn't it? It is. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of different – there's a lot of – you know, especially on the girls' side, there's a lot of rules that are that can be defined a bunch of different ways, and and um, you know it can be quirky with the face-offs and the draws, and you run into a hot face-off guy, you don't get the ball as much, or now they have the shot clock. So there's a lot of yeah, quirky. Quirky is a way to describe it. Did you, did you, being a traditional sports fan like you are, did you find lacrosse to be an acquired taste? What, what was it? quirky to you at first or, or weird to you at first it, it wasn't because of probably my hockey background okay but but i i could say i i would say i have other friends and players now that it does seem quirky too they can't catch the ball they don't know why they're holding the stick in the hand you know soccer players are different than hockey players and they they, they see the game differently and so it, it, it could be perceived by some to be to be quirky but for me it was with hockey it was just seamless right um, so Anthony's your oldest. Your, your yep. second oldest is. So I got Nicholas. Okay. Um, and my he, son. He's a, he's a Maryland too. So he transferred from Maryland uh, last year to Towson. Okay, he's at Towson now. Yeah, okay. he's at Towson now. He plays. He's a left-handed attackman uh, for, for the Tigers, and and you know he's enjoyed two great seasons there, and he's had he's had a lot of fun. Okay, you, uh, so there's. Um... Anthony Nicholas, your next is so my next one. My next one's Mackenzie. Mackenzie. Yep, she okay. plays at Hood College. Okay, she's a captain at Hood College. Uh, she actually she wasn't going to play college across. She was she was the outlier. She might kill me for saying that, but she she really always with the boys' success. Uh, she she fought it because you know she didn't want to have the pressure of looking well, up to the boys. What, what, which... was, what was her next? <laughs> what was her next sport? What was her next option? Well, you know, she she actually was going to get into she was thinking about joining the navy or, okay. or you know, get into nursing or you know, just not making sports a big part of her life and when we moved here to Frederick. Um she went to a tournament with us down my my other daughter's tournament down in Florida and she really got emotional and said I want to play the game again. And so we actually uh I told I I had her email the hood coach right there and then, uh, and the hood coach back to her very quickly. And, you know, then two months later, she was playing in the spring at hood college. Okay. Uh, so after Mackenzie, there is there's Camden. Camden. Okay. <laughs> so, so Camden, uh, she went to UMBC. She was the one that got the COVID year at Urbana. Uh, she went to UMBC. She played there a couple of years and decided to transfer, uh, for, 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 to a different program out in Frostburg. And so now she's out in Frostburg, and she's a captain uh, on on the on the Bobcats. 
Okay, after Camden is... I have Sydney. Sydney, uh, all right. Who plays at Urbana High. She's a freshman. Okay. Uh, left-handed attackman, and, you know, this is her first high school experience. Okay. And then... Last then, but not least. Yes, yes, <laughs> but certainly not least, right. Ruby. Ruby, uh, okay. Yeah. Ruby's in middle school, in Urbana Middle School, and she's played the cross her whole life as well, and uh, she'll be the, net, the last uh, but not least of the pipeline. Right. How the heck did you and your wife manage the sporting lives of six children? That's a damn good question. I, I don't know. We just, we just, you know, we, 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 we get together on Sunday and we take it week by week and we talk did, about it. You guys didn't have time for anything else. I imagine <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, sports has been our vacations. It's been our, it's been our life, uh, especially lacrosse being out West. We traveled all over the country to play in tournaments. We, we, we go to Vail every summer. We've been to Las Vegas for tournaments. We've been to Florida for tournaments. We've, I mean, we've been everywhere for this sport. And, and we look back on it and, yeah, we sacrifice some vacations. <laughs> you know, we, we, we don't really have a vacation where we go sit on the beach. Uh, you know, pretty much everything evolves around playing lacrosse or and, and everyone's cool with that your your yeah. wife and everyone's cool with that. i mean you know we have she has her moments about it but um it has really been great for the kids so you know we see through that and um everyone is cool with it they, 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 I, I seem to think when we don't have anything to do they get bored right yeah. and, and what's what's the age range from anthony to ruby uh 26 to 13 okay Oh, so so, so, so yeah. th- 13 years there. But but there had to be been times where Anthony has to be at this practice. Um, Camden has to be at this practice. I mean, um, uh, there, there had to be a lot of uh, logistical um, well, machinations there. Th- there was. I will say this. In, in our California experience, so we lived in Coronado where, where the high school and the middle school and the turf fields were all a bike ride away. So that really helped us manage. And as I was, I was coaching off Island at the time at the, at uh, Santa Fe Christian. So the kids would just come home from school, eat, and then run off to wherever they had to run off to. The only time it got, you know, a, li- a little tough was like the, like probably my, yep. My daughters didn't play as much club across as my sons because my sons were on that, you know, club path and recruiting trails. And so my daughters really got missed out on a lot of club lacrosse growing up. Um, now they don't, my younger daughters, you know, they play in the local clubs around here and we manage that. But when we had six going, uh, we were really fortunate to be living in Coronado at the time and the kids could just self-manage their own schedule. Right. Now your, your wife and her name is Nicole. Nicole. Uh, Nicole played sports uh, growing up. Yes, but, but, but was she on the ride for the full sports experience? Not only when she when she met him was dating you, but but to have six kids who who are all athletes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's nothing we ever discussed, and you know, I knew she played the cross, uh, and she was a left-handed attackman at at her school. Um, but you know, we never really had this plan that we were going to become like this sports family that right. dedicated the whole life to it. But I think as soon as she saw how much of an impact and, and how much my kids enjoyed it. We realized that this was something we were going to do. And, and she's been amazing. She bought into it and, you know, it's brought us closer together. And um, we've had so many ups and downs in sports, like any parents who are serious about it. But uh, the ups have just been so amazing for, for us and, and all the family. Right. But, but even before you had children, did she ever say, Tom, what's with, 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 with all this sports stuff or enough with the sports? Uh, you know, there were times during our engagement she thought of calling it 
it off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was going to say, you did not get a free pass the whole way. Uh, no. Uh, 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 being the sports fans and no. sports dad and coach that you are. So. No, you know, it was definitely, I mean, and, and at the time, that wasn't even the coaching. That was me still playing and, you know, me still following the Boston sports teams, right. you know, religiously and going to Red Sox games and, you know, being a season ticket holder for the Patriots and going to all the tailgates there and all the games. And, um, you know, I think our first date was we went to a lacrosse game. Of course. Of, of, of course <laughs> to watch you, my younger brother play. You know, of, of, so, of, of course. And so, I mean, I don't want to say she fought it early on, but she definitely wanted to make sure it was. Right. It's like enough with the sports already, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, respectfully so. But. Right. Okay. I, 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 get, I get it. I mean, how, how do you find the time to follow the, the Patriots and the Red Sox? I mean, you're, you're, you're at all these games and doing all this stuff with your family all the time. Yeah. Well, well once we moved, it, it got a lot tougher. Um, you know, I, I still have my season tickets, but my, my buddy purchased them every year for me for the Patriots. The Patriots, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so, uh, and so, yeah, I, you know, the Red Sox are probably the toughest to follow right now because right. it's around that time when we're at lacrosse practice. Right. Um, if they, you know, I feel like I'm a fair weather fan of the Red Sox now. If they make the playoffs, I go ahead and, you know, watch all the playoff games or I get really into them. But I probably don't see as many, you know, nearly as many regular season games as I used to. Right. Is there an off season for the DeMeo family? Um, like when, like when lacrosse ends, do you guys get a chance to chill out for a while? Or yeah, August and September seem to be our slow months. Okay, uh, you know, there's really no lacrosse going on, and and uh, I try we try to take the sticks out of the hands for a little bit yeah. and, and relax, and that's something that that we've always done. Okay. Uh, we haven't even talked about your team at Urbana <laughs> yet, uh, and, and, and there's a lot to talk about there because you guys are certainly one of the top teams in the county this year. This is your first season uh, on the job, but but you've been at Urbana for a few years. You worked with the boys' program, Gavin Donahue, and 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 you guys won a state championship. Yep. Um. Uh, uh, on the boys' side, what what was that like? Oh, it was great. I mean, it, it was uh, you know coaching with Coach Donahue over there and with that group of kids. That that was a special group. Uh, they lost that year to COVID, my first year there. And, you know, they would have been a great team that year, too. Potentially could have won a state championship. And so we were really looking forward to that that next season, knowing these were kids were hungry, just hoping and praying there would be a state championship. That was, you know, Gavin and I's probably biggest concern at the time. We, we thought we'd be there in the end. We just wanted to make sure there would be one because of COVID, it wasn't a given. So uh, it was an amazing season. I mean, we didn't lose a game and, you know, we, we got contested in the state finals and it was a little nerve wracking and we had to, you know, score late to win it. And well, wasn't it Dylan Lang, uh, who's still with the program that scored yep. your game winning goal? Uh, Dylan Lang from Jason Kolar. Yes. Who's right. at Delaware now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he, he scored the game winner. Um, yeah, I believe it was him. Yeah. And, but Austin, uh, Austin had a great game, and and yeah, that was just, it was a great game. That was a great experience and, being involved in that game. And Hunter Bryant was coming onto the scene, uh, yep. uh, too. Uh, I remember late in that season. So, well, were were you thinking you were going to be a head coach one day again? I mean, as much as you enjoyed uh, working with Gavin and stuff, were you sort of itching to to take over a program again? You know, I I, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't really. I you know, my I, I was so focused on my kids' college careers at the time that I didn't really think there'd be an opportunity to, that would work for me. I didn't, you know, I, I, Gavin didn't really need, you know, anymore. I mean, he, he's a great head coach. It's not like the program needed me to be a head coach. I was perfect just being an offensive coordinator there. And I, I enjoyed it. So I, I had work responsibilities and I was at college games every weekend, four different college games. And so it, I really didn't have the desire to do it. Um, 
although I always knew that as my girls got older, I would. I always told Gavin I would probably uh, ask Coach Lewis if I if I could help on that side. Yeah, and we've had on Ann on before, and, I'm, I'm, yep. and her family's uh, uh, is growing too. So. So I'm, I'm sure she said, had some other time commitment. So the opportunity opened. Did you jump right at it? Did you want the job right away? Or um? it, yeah, it, it did because I, I I wanted you know like I told like to go told the girls on the team I wanted to give these girls an opportunity. You, you just never know in school systems who's going to get hired and you know who's you know who can end up in a coach. Could maybe it's a teacher who doesn't even play or never played the game or you just don't know. So I certainly I went to I went to the school right away and Coach Lewis and said. Uh, you know, this is something I'm really interested in. You know, you don't have to look far. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm dedicated to this program was the boy side of the girl side. And it, and it happened pretty quick and, and much to the credit of the school. Right. Uh, we had Bradley Gray on of Tuscarora last week. Uh, he's coached on the boy side and the girl side. Is it much different coaching boys than it is girls in lacrosse? You know, everyone has a different opinion on that. Um, I personally don't think that it is that different. Okay. I, I think... There are so many similarities in the game. The rules are much different. And if you really get into the nitty-gritty of how you coach the rules and the shooting spaces and the different defensive tactics, um, th- there are a lot of differences. But Exactly the, what Bradley the, said, yeah. Yeah, the concepts are, you know, offensive concepts, clearing concepts, goaltending. Uh, the, the draw has a lot of similarities, even though they're standing up because um, it comes to ground ball play. So, I mean, yeah, I imagine. I think, I think you do get a lot of different opinions on it. Uh, but, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with – a lot of coaches who have done both leading up to this, you know, Deemer, Deemer class over at, um, you know, he was at USC for a while. And sort of the question I had for him was, um, what is the biggest difference you've seen? You know, you coached at USC, but you played at Duke and, you know, you've coached boys and you've played boys your whole life. And yeah, he gave me some good advice there. And, but I think generally he just was like, it's really just be the coach that you have been in the boys and the girls will react to it. Right. You know? So, um, so it's, it's been a fun transition. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to make heads and tails of the lacrosse scene, um, girls lacrosse scene here in Frederick County this season. I mean, it's, it's sort of all over the place because you guys got Middletown, Middletown got Ligonor, and then uh, Ligonor got you guys this week. So uh, first of all, the Middletown win, which was the last second win, I believe uh, Kelly Boris, I believe she scored the game winning goal with, Less than two seconds left. Yep. I, I think your I think your daughter um, uh, Sydney uh, uh, fettered the pass. Just what was that moment like? Be beating a team the caliber of Middletown in, in that fashion. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was amazing. I mean it was one of those things that you know we talked about it after, and you just you'll ne- this is why we coach. This is why we play. You just will never forget it. And even at the time, I guess I didn't really know the stakes. I, I you know I'm not being from here, not. Not knowing the rivalry between Middletown and, and, yeah, and, and Middletown's obviously been one of the top programs. Yeah, yeah. and but you know there, I, there's I think there's even more to it. And you know the girls looked at me after the game and they're like, "We've never beat Middletown," and I was like, "What? You know, you guys have been playing lacrosse out here for 20 years. You can tell me this is the first time." And and because Urbana's had some great teams and players over the years and you know i figured to be a down year and up year so uh, it was an amazing experience the girls played great they worked hard um middletown's a great team they i mean that was some things that had to really go our way for for that even the final play to happen or to or for us to come back we got an important save from a freshman um and then we have a freshman feeding it to kelly who's a senior captain and 
it, it was sort of a broken play and you know and, and it just um you know I, I think with the lacrosse gods were looking down on us that night and, and, they, <laughs> and they, they, they must have been and, and just just an off night against Ligonor or I mean Ligonor is a very very good team obviously uh, Ligonor so. they are they're a very good team and and um I was impressed with them just from what I knew of them I was worried the girls were going to look at the score of the Middletown game. Yeah. Both teams, Langenor and Middletown, are very good on the draw. And I, I think when you look at the Langenor game, I, I didn't see any of it, but you know, Middletown probably was pretty dominant in the draw, which changes Langenor's uh, ability to score, and their offense is so potent. So... You know, I just think, I mean, we got out to a great start. We're up 5 nothing. We were winning draws. And then, you know, they just got some momentum. And, you know, we made some mistakes. And, I mean, these girls, it's high school. You know, they, emotions get in the way sometimes. And, you know, some you know, mistakes compound each other. And, you know, we, we I felt we kept our composure. and But we just, you know, we couldn't get the right break at the right time to to stop the bleeding and you know it got away from us a little bit in the end with the with the with the the fouls and um you know we played man down for the last 12 minutes so took our ability away to come back and um or, or try to make a play at it i wish it was a more competitive game uh we're fine with the loss as a program i mean last year they hung 20 on us so you know we accept the loss i just wish we were more competitive in that right. in the game uh you can't coach high school and college kids the same way, right? You know, no. Because in college, everyone's there for a reason. Uh, they're on scholarship. In high school, that's obviously not the case. So do you really have to scale back uh, your style as a high school coach? Yeah, there's, you spend less time on film, more time on development. Right. Um, you know, there's less scout time. I mean, in college, you know, you could have six hours from the time you show up to the training room to the time you get back to your dorm. Uh, of, of lacrosse it's like, which, it's like a job yeah it's it's abs- especially division one lacrosse is definitely a job and so there's just a lot more that goes into it um and and you know you have recruits coming in and and you know the, the depth charts are different but i mean that's i really that's what i really enjoy about coaching high school lacrosse and the girls is that um you know you get you get them you work hard for an hour and a half two hours um you give them scouting reports they listen you try not to put too much on them but really you just want them to be involved in a great experience in high school experience and then want to play college, play college across the next level. Right. Uh, Tom, who are some of the players that make your team go at, at Urbana this season? Well, you know, we, we have a, a, we have an interesting mix of players. I and mean, one of the challenges we had coming in is we had a bunch of really good freshmen coming in. Uh, and then we had a bunch of established juniors and seniors that, you know, were, were on the team. And then a sophomore class that um, we had some experience in too as when they were freshmen. So, um, you know, we've had a, a mix. I mean, obviously Paige White is, you know, she's our leading scorer, our, our top shooter, um, she works really hard at the sport. She takes it really serious. She's good at other sports, you know, shocker. Um, cause you know, we want these girls to be multiple sport athletes. We don't want them to specialize just in one sport. Um, so, you know, she really, when, when she's on, she makes us tick. Um, and then, you know, we got, we got people like CJ, CJ Johnson, who's really like a ground ball machine. When she's getting up and down the field in transition, she changes the way we can play offense. Um, and then, you know, we try to balance it out, you know, really beyond that. You know, we try to be almost faceless, you know, and, and have seven girls on offense working together and seven girls on defense working together. But, you know, you get contributions. Everyone has a really good role in the team. And, you know, Ke- Kelly, 
you know, I joke with Kelly because I always saw her as a defender and a defender in college, and she scores this amazing <laughs> game-winning goal. And, um, you know, and, and from a no-angle, you know, shot that, you know, was so improbable, but she just, that's, you know, her being a gamer and making something happen, knowing the, the time on the clock. And, you know, not everyone would even know there's a second left. And you know, that, that was that kind of urgency. And, you know, that particular play, like I said, it was a broken play that they just figured out they had to make a play in the last two seconds. And, and it was amazing. Right. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who, who, who's the best team in Frederick County? I mean, you, Ligonor, and Middletown. I guess, I guess you all have a, 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 a claim uh, at it. Uh, right now, I'll say, you know, Ligonor put a pretty good whooping on us the other night. I know they lost to Middletown. Um, you know, right now, I would say, to me, Ligonor, I mean, Ligonor beat us, so I would say they're probably the team to beat. Okay. Um, that said, I mean – Middletown is excellent, and you know yeah, Ellery, Ellery's probably yeah. the best player in the county. Um, so you know when you have the best player in girls high school lacrosse, pub, public school especially, um, that you know you have an advantage. So I, I, it's really a, it's really a toss up, right? Uh, and and the playoff path. I mean, uh, uh, who, who's who's in your way uh, as you guys get ready for the postseason? Because um, you're not well, going to you're not going to see Middletown. You're not going to and you, and you're not going to see Ligonier either, right? No. No, and um, and I will say I'm going to give some credit to Oakdale as too. Oakdale yeah. as well. They they seem like they've improved a lot. Right. And they gave us a great game. They were tied at halftime. Um, and I noticed recently they just had like a one goal game with Liberty, who I think is like the one A champs. Um, and we played Liberty in a preseason play day, and they they were good. So, um, you know, give Oakdale some credit that they're on the rise and they're young too. And I think that you know this county's going to have four really good lacrosse teams it for the next two or three years and it's going to be really fun and competitive games right. but um our playoff path i mean looking ahead i guess my first this is my first go around you know going through the playoff on the girls side uh the teams are a little different but you know i know at the end broadneck won this bracket last year broadneck's excellent broadneck beat us on the boys side pretty handily last year in the semifinals. um you know i see them as you know a team that we're going to have to beat to get to, to get anywhere we want to get to. Um, I'm sure the team that beat us last year will be back in the mix. I think it's Bethesda. Um, you know, so we, we, we have hoped that we've improved and we continue to get better. But, you know, we, 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 we think we're going to have a, a really good play in the playoffs in a long run. Yeah. Tom, it's been a, been a pleasure having you on, sir. I appreciate you having me, Greg. It's uh, yeah. been fun. Uh, if I wanted to go get a good bowl of clam chowder, where where, where would I do that in Boston? I, I mean, there's so many great places. I, I'm partial to the legal seafoods chain. Okay. I know a lot of people in Boston would say it would frown upon that. Are you, are, you, are you a chowder guy? Yeah. Yeah, I love my clam chowder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Lobster, I, I, chowder, I, I, all, all the good stuff. I, I figured I, I just had to make sure. So. And, and this and this is a, a conversation I have with many Marylanders, how, you know, the difference between lobster and, and crabs. And they, are you, are, frown, they, are they you, actually frown on lobster, and I frown on crabs. You so do? Okay. I do. <laughs> to be completely transparent. <laughs> let's get a crab and a, a lobster on the lacrosse field and, and, and see who prevails. Yep, so. that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Pleasure having you on, sir. Uh, we, we wish you well the rest of the season. When you'll have to come back uh, when you guys win a state championship, of course, and we could talk about that and, and more 
Boston's. We'll, we'll have to see where the Bruins are and the Celtics are because they they could all make deep postseason runs. So is Mac jo- Mac Jones is your is your quarterback of the future there uh, for the, for the Patriots or uh, it's it, this year will tell. Okay, this year will tell. Right. Uh, yeah. It's it, it's as you mentioned earlier, we're very spoiled. We had twenty years of right of, of number twelve. So but you but, know. You, but you deserve it, right, Tom? Because 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 it was so ba- <laughs> it, it was so tough growing up and, and never never having a winner. Like this is this is you you deserve it. We deserve learned, a good uh, grew like up this. learning a lot of good life losing lessons. Let's right. put it that yeah, way. It, it, yeah, it, it prepared you for when for when you finally broke through. So. Um, Tom DeMeo, Urbana Girls Lacrosse Coach. Pleasure having him on and uh, pleasure talking to Alexander Dacey and John Cannon, my colleagues at the News Post earlier. Thanks to Graham Cullen for throwing this uh, podcast together every week as a producer. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode getting closer to the playoffs, folks. So, so we'll be talking more about that and more about Frederick County sports in general. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week here on The Final Score.